Hi, and welcome to Everyday Impact, a Life Tree podcast inspiring you to take Jesus into your everyday life. My name is Jessica Jean. And my name is Will. And we have another life changing episode lined up for you guys today. Life changing. Yes, as every episode is, of course. This one's particularly fun because I had the privilege of having Vangel Roberts on the recording. What did you guys talk about? Part of the conversation, uh, you can just feel her personality. She's, she's a fun, energetic person, but she also has this authenticity where she just brings out some of the issues, brings out some of the challenges that she's experienced growing up in the church. And there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of of wrestling. That's the name of this episode, wrestling with God. But in the midst of her wrestling, there's a question and be listening for this question that God asked her. And as she was asked this question, it just brought a lot of, a lot of trust, a lot of peace to that journey, that process. And I'm excited to see how that question impacts our listeners today. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be good to hear her perspective because I know I've had a lot of questions in my life and um, yeah, I think it'll be good to hear how somebody else has um, navigated some of those questions. So let's take a listen. All right. Well, I have the privilege of having with me today, Vangel Roberts. Hey. Vangel is going to be giving us the answers to a few questions today. Casual questions such as, how do I fit in? Who am I? What is God's will for my life? And I'm so grateful to have a, an expert <laughs> yeah. on the matter here with me today. Haven't you always wanted to know what God's will is for your life, Will? <laughs> yes, for the low, low fee of. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, share with us just about your journey with some of these questions. Well, I would definitely say they were big ones for me. Yeah. And, you know, reflecting back on on my life and really the lives of even my kids, my teenagers right now, I can see them going into that phase of life and it's bringing it all mm-hmm. back. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, these are the hard ones. We've gone from very simple Bible story readings to like, you know, it's God. How do you know he even exists? And, you know, why am I here? And where is, why is there suffering in the world? And why, why, you know, how do I know that God loves me? And what about these people? And what about those people? And how do they fit in? And where do they belong? And all these kinds of questions. Mm. Um, well, Sunday school answers don't seem to. They don't uh, seem to just work anymore. <laughs> it was so much easier before, but it's really bringing back a lot of my own personal journey with wrestling with God. Yeah. And um, I guess today, as we dive into this, you know, my heart is just that we would all give ourselves permission to have those questions mm. and to know that God's okay with that. Yeah, I love that that uh, wrestling with God because I think as, as many of us might feel, it's not okay to talk back. It's not okay to question. That's it's right. not okay to put up a fight in, in our, our thoughts and in our hearts. But mm. um, you're, you're alluding that God might be okay with that? Yeah, I, well, I, I can't say for sure, but <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of been my experience with the Lord. And um, I definitely feel more convinced than ever that God's okay with 
um, the questions. He's okay with the mess. He's okay, okay with our emotions. He's okay with a bit of drama. He's even okay if we're angry. <laughs> and he, he kind of made us to have all these experiences and he created us to be um, these beautiful messes that we are. And I think that in my journey, in my own personal journey, I've been able to come to a point of accepting myself after 40 plus <laughs> years of, of really um, asking God a lot of questions and not always hearing the answer on the other side. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you want to dive in with me, but that's kind of where I was thinking. You're, you're kind of touching on a, a <laughs> personal area myself. So. <laughs> I know. And I think we're not alone in this. Well, oh, I man. honestly do. I uh, I feel like there's this this can of worms that we're going to just dump know, onto the table today. And who knows what's going to come out. But uh, yes. hopefully we have this place where we can be real. Yeah. I joked before we started that we would be in this podcast as a, an official church podcast. We would right. be uh, comfortably edgy. Um, <laughs> but you said you've come to accept this now. So uh what was that like before you, you learned this truth? Well, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. So represent, represent the Christian Church kids. Let's go Christian kids. But there's this whole other part of being raised in a Christian home where, you know, yes, it's a blessing. Yes. You know, there's a lot of beautiful things that you experience growing up, but there's also this other really difficult struggle that, kids raised in a Christian home go through. And that is the struggle with identity. Mm -hmm. The struggle with, is this my parents thing? Is it my thing? And, you know, I was raised believing this my whole life, but now that my brain has developed to the point where <laughs> it has or whatever, you start to... Because I say so is no longer a good enough answer. <laughs> no, for not really. And, you know, you start to see the holes. Yeah. You know, you start to see the gaps. And I think that's where a lot of the questions come up and you don't really know what to do with them when you are within church culture. Mm -hmm. What do I do with all these questions? Cause everybody else seems so dang convinced mm -hmm. and I'm not. So what's wrong with me? Yeah. And, um, am I even saved? You know, even if you've given your life to God, got baptized and whatever. At least five times. <laughs> oh my gosh. You should talk to any of my friends, like, and my parents, they laugh because it's like, the question, am I even saved, has come up repeatedly through different <laughs> seasons of my life. It's like, how do I know for sure? Right. We I should just... take a, a church poll. Um, how many times have you given your life to Christ? <laughs> I know, right? It's like, okay, this time I'll believe for sure. Yeah. So you struggle with that, I think, growing up in the faith where it's this wrestle between, is this my faith or is this my parents' faith? And now as a parent... I am witnessing my children going through the same phase and my children's friends. And I don't feel the same way that, you know, it is what it is because the Bible says it's so, you know, like all these things that, to be honest, didn't really work for me growing up. I don't find myself wanting to say that to my mm -hmm. kids. And so now I'm like, God, what do I say? Right. Yeah. Cause that was way, it's way easier to give a pat answer. Come on, let's be oh, honest. Come on. Like, I would way rather throw a scripture at it and then just la la la, put my hands over my ears. And it doesn't seem to work, especially mm -hmm. in this culture today where everything 
is up for question. Yeah. And I feel like this generation today, as I look around, I see like kids that are confused mm-hmm. as heck. And they, um, yeah, they want truth. They are seeking to know where they fit, where they belong, and what is true and what is real. And they really are quite amazing. Mm-hmm. The way the questions they ask and the conversations you can have when you actually make time to sit down and and ask what's going on inside of their hearts rather than just shoveling stuff down their throats. I just don't think it's going to work. Yeah. And so I feel like God has really placed it on my heart, this idea of like, okay, if it's not going to work, what is going to work, God? How mm-hmm. are you going to reach this generation if the religious ways of the past did not um, yeah, they just don't, they don't fit for this culture. I'm like, God, your spirit is here and it's present. And I believe that you have a new way and that you're going to show them and, and reveal yourself to them in a new way. But I don't really know what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And yet I want to be a part of it. And so if that means shaking up all my own, you know, my comfort, giving up my comfort as a Christian, right? To, to know the answers and to just be able to sit in the questions with these kids and with mm. myself and be able to share my own personal doubting seasons, which have been many, Yeah. then I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with not having the answers, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, walk us through what that looked like, especially as you went through this, this adolescence journey. Well, I... <sighs> It's interesting because I was raised by two parents that funny, the funny thing is, is that they were those types that asked questions. And so I I look back on that kind of fondly because I I learned from a young age that, that questions being asked wasn't very popular with people within the church community. Hmm. And, And I think that did kind of a number on me as a young person was like, wait a second, if you ask questions, church isn't always safe. Mm -hmm. You know, if you say, well, why is this, you know, well, are women allowed to speak or why aren't, you know, what are we supposed to do with these people over here that that don't sit still, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that can't (laughs) sit still? You know, what about, you know, those people that are too loud or dramatic or, you know, they can't stop talking? You know, what are we supposed to do with all those people? Or Or as we say, God bless them. God bless those people, but please take them out of the church building because they're disruptive, right? And I guess for me, my heart is for the disruptive, I would say, because I am disruptive and by nature and I... Really? I don't don't know. Am I? You seem so (laughs) mild-mannered. I tried to be this gentle, spirited lovely submissive person for about five minutes <laughs> that didn't work for me right i'm like okay if i have to be this to be loved by god accepted by god and a part of his body then i don't think i can do it mm-hmm. that's interesting that you it's so true you draw those conclusions based on how people or how systems influence react that's like we're we're to to speak on on behalf of yeah. the church, not just Life Tree, but like we're we're broken people. We're trying to figure yeah. it out, but recognizing that the way we practice church actually does, in many cases, hurt people. I know, and that the way that we 
unintentionally or, or ignorantly or just how we do things, there is this thing called Christian culture. Totally. That isn't the kingdom. Yes. Uh, some of it is, some of it isn't. Yep. Um, but that people walk away with these conclusions about who God is and what he thinks about them based on our experiences with, with people and with systems. And I see that time and time again, especially in my work. And, and, um, is just this whole thing of like, what do you do with, with the divorced? What do you do with, you know, all these, the misfits yeah. of society, of the church, right? Of the people that can't seem to follow the rules or they, they're, oh my God, did you see they're smoking again? You know, it's like, what are we going to do with all these people that cannot seem to get it right mm-hmm. for the love? You know what I mean? It's just like, it's so, those are the frustrating ones, right? My hands raised, you know? And, and how, and if they don't fit, yeah. and if Christ didn't die for them, come on, we're doing something wrong. We know the gospel is for everyone. Mm-hmm. And yet if they don't fit in the culture of Christianity, all these misfit people with the questions and with the different ways of seeing things, mm-hmm. you know, if they aren't safe, then where are they supposed to go? Yeah. To experience the love of God and the and the life of God through mm-hmm. the body of Christ, and so that's kind of been my largest wrestle in my life is, you know, for years trying to find my way or what's the will of God for me? What's your purpose, God? You know, you're always like looking. I remember being a young person, a teenager, and you just like go to these conferences and you're like, somebody pick me, pick me, you know, tell me what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Give me a prophetic word and tell me I'm special. <laughs> please somebody. God, somebody, <laughs> you know, cause you're just desperate for this like affirmation of your identity. Yeah. Of you are here for a reason and you might not, you might be getting rejected by everybody around you. And it just makes you more and more desperate mm-hmm. for that acceptance from God. And, and I saw that in myself of just like, you know, I could, I was a good performer. Well, mm. I don't know if you could ever imagine that, but <laughs> <laughs> I could play the role. I I should have gone to Hollywood. But you know, it's like I love to perform too. I enjoy performance and I could perform the Christian thing for a while. But then I would start to really then my questioner would kick in and I'd be like, "What is this all about? I don't want to perform. I want reality. I want it to be real. I want I want the things that I say and sing and do to actually change who I am and transform my life mm-hmm. and impact my day to day and make sense in the real world, not just in this building where everybody claps, you know, and says, yay, good job. It's like, nobody's clapping for me out in the world, mm-hmm. right? How is this whole culture supposed to impact people that are hurting on yeah. the outside, those outsiders, you know? Yeah. I think you're, you're, kind of bringing up all these questions that I, I believe everyone has, but there is this, this uh, face that we often put on because of what we feel we're, we're supposed to show up as. Like here's here's the, the front that I feel like I need, otherwise I won't be accepted. I know. And sometimes that's specific things that people have done. Sometimes that's just our internal voice. I know. And when we show up as ourselves, I've found that I, I've been more accepted than I had thought exactly but how do we actually just bring these things out on the table and and just look at these questions and 
Yeah. And maybe not even get answers to them. I know. But just start by Okay, let's let's see. Let's empty your pockets out, guys. Let's I know. see what's been uh, hiding so in that good. pair of jeans of yours. Or <laughs> totally. There's that question from when you were 16 that God uh, never seemed to answer, and yeah, you never moved on, and that stunted your growth. I know, and it's it's okay, right? Like it's like I look now and I see these young people today who are asking questions and they're learning how to use their voices and. It takes courage. It takes courage to come out and be real with your questions because you're like, am I going to look like the only one? Because everybody else, like I said before, was, seems really convinced about this part of God, but seems seems really convinced. convinced. And, and that's where one thing I found, I think, in my own journey into, into leadership was to recognize my, actually, my, my main journey began by asking questions publicly in a huge conference like humbling myself ridiculously and being raising my hand being like well what about this and asking questions of like the speakers and kind of putting myself out there and everybody in the audience resonating with the questions that i was asking yeah and i recognized in that moment um of humility of realizing because i'd always been I prefer being the answer person. Mm -hmm. I think we all do, right? There's something in our maybe pride that wants us... A little us... bit of self-worth that we might get <laughs> yeah, in that right? department. It's like, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to humble myself and put myself out there and be like humiliated or whatever with my questions. But I realized that as I started asking questions and being real with my journey, that other people were like, me too. Yes, I feel the same way. And it would open the door for conversations that were like unlike anything I'd ever seen anywhere mm -hmm. in my Christian experience where people were sharing their own hearts and the struggles and the vulnerabilities and their experiences. And I began to see within my friendships or whatever, just this, this connection growing of this belonging that I so longed for when I was going through trying to find my place. And it was like in my humility, in my questioning, in my being real, that I started to say, to see like, oh my gosh, we are all human. And that God designed us. He knows <laughs> how we're wired. Mm -hmm. He's not shocked by these questions. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I even like, I was reading like just some of the, the, the disciples and just how they would wrestle with God too, right? Of just like, Lord, show us the Father, and then we will be satisfied. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Haven't we all like, God, just show me a sign in the clouds. You know, like, am I supposed to buy this car or not? You know, it's like we always like we want to have some sort of crazy supernatural sign. And life just doesn't always give us that. Yeah. And so it's like, what do you do in that process of learning to have this real intimate relationship and connection with God, but not always getting the answers that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. There's that black and that white. And sometimes uh, most of the time we live in what feels like the gray. I know. And it, it's, it's learning to become okay with that. And that I think has been the biggest um, journey for me is I remember like really struggling. I mean, I still struggle. I, I would say I'm a struggling struggle maybe that's the wrong word i like the word wrestling better than struggling i don't know it feels more powerful <laughs> feels like you're engaged in the process it's like i'm like trying to get somewhere rather than struggling oh i'm failing you know yeah it's like 
No, I'm wrestling with this question. I'm digging in, I'm chewing on it. And I remember like having all these questions about God and how he can make sense in our real lives and, and what, you know, whether it's in worship or in prayer or whatever, it's like, I need you to be with me. Like I remember being a nursing mom, for example, and being like, God, how am I supposed to do my devotional? Okay, I've never really been a devotional type person. I was always a big one, but that was a big thing back in the day. Like you were supposed to, if you were a real Christian, you would be having your devotional every morning. For how long? At least 30 minutes to an hour. Everyone hearing that, can you uh, make sure you're checking that off your list? Check that one off your list, you know, and I would see my friends, they'd post their little pictures of their Bibles open with their candles on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, they're real And the coffee cup. Oh yeah, the coffee coffee steaming and the... You know, this intimate time with the Lord and here I am failing again as a Christian, you know, because I'm like frazzled to the with a nursing baby and I haven't slept in like a week. (laughs) Like, I'm like, God, how the heck, how am I supposed to follow you in this, you know, where I haven't slept and I'm being awoken up. You know, I could set my alarm for 6 a.m. I'm going to get up this morning, Jesus, and pray. And then my child would wake at 5.45 and I'd be like, God, I failed you again. It's like, I just remember living with that, you know, and I'd be like, this can't be how it is. This can't be what you planned for us. This isn't, I'm not supposed to feel like a continual failure of Mm. all the right ways of doing things. And so that was just another wrestle that came to the surface for me around prayer is like, that God's okay if we pray while we're nursing or he's okay if we pray while we're doing the dishes with our three toddlers or he's okay if we meditate while we're driving down the street, you know, because that's actually when I meditate and get the most from God as well, I'm in my car, you know, like yeah. there's just this like inner presence awareness that you can have when you have those moments of alone time in your daily real world life and mm-hmm. that God is okay and he meets us where we are and if this does is only makes sense for like North American culture, it isn't God. Yeah. Because it has to make sense for like the single mom who's in Sri Lanka and it has to make sense for, you know, yeah, people that are running for their lives, you know, overseas. I love um, John the Baptist when all these people come to him, soldiers, yeah. uh, politicians, totally. tax collectors, and yeah. they say like, what do we do? And they want to repent and they want to turn their lives around. And he gives them a response that says, hey, if you're going to follow God, this is what it looks like in your situation. Yeah. You know, don't uh, um, take more than what you're owed or just these, yeah. these stipulations of, hey, this is what it looks like in your context. Totally. We're not saying that there is no uh, objective truth or, no. or what is what is truth in, in, um, in an objective sense, but that, like you said, it needs to, it needs to work. It needs to be real. It needs to be applicable in every context. Yeah. He meets every single one of us where we're at. And he has a way for us to walk with him through our day to day. And I just believe that. And so whether, you know, with getting back to like this whole idea of of being okay to wrestle with God, I remember there's a lot of questions, obviously, we all have in life that will never get answered. You know, like there are major ones that we're never going to know on this side of heaven. Yeah. And, and I used to like kind of fixate on all the questions and the, the flaws and the gaps and the things where I'm like trying so desperate to know that this is the way, the truth, 
in the life that that the path I have chosen for my life to follow that I can trust it that I can feel secure in it yeah you know and it was trying I need to have all these answers in order to feel secure and God said to me Vangel what do you know for sure and it was kind of in that moment where I realized I know a lot of things for sure about God and and that was kind of where he took me and takes me every time I start to spin outside of control is what do you know for sure? Mm. And I know I'm loved by God. I know there is a creator of the universe. I just know it in my heart. I don't doubt it for a second. I know uh, he's a good father. I know he has a good plan for my life and wants good for me. Mm. And I know he loves everyone no matter where they're at. And he is all about the outsiders too. And when, I don't know for you, like, have you seen The Chosen? Oh, don't get me started. (laughs) Oh gosh, seriously. (laughs) The Chosen. This episode has been sponsored by The Chosen TV series. (laughs) (laughs) Insert uh, a placement ad here. Totally. Um, So I'm watching The Chosen, right? Which is, I don't know if you want to explain it. I don't really know how to explain it. it. So the the, um, description about it is uh, exploring the life of Jesus through the eyes of those who knew him. Right. So it focuses a lot more on making the characters in the Bible seem real. Yes. Like giving them uh, a bit of a a fabricated backstory that, that makes sense. And when you see a snippet that came right out of the Bible, it gives more meaning to it because it's like oh yeah peter's a real dude who had financial problems and yeah yeah and, and this is like an answer to prayer that actually getting the fish it meant something to i him, you know? know i love that scene too so anyways you got to go watch it it's free i think you can download it or something i don't know where it is but look it up spend money it's <laughs> yeah, worth it it's so worth it so i was watching the chosen and it was really like that was probably my latest revelation for god speaking to my heart like s- intimately was this whole idea of the fact that he chose these people who, you know, were impulsive <laughs> or had OCD or, you know, were like, um, that he actually pursued them. Yeah. They were the misfits. They were, they the, were outcasts. the misfits, the outcasts. They missed the boat. They didn't totally. make it in terms of uh, no. what was They did not measure up to the right way of doing things and that he actively pursued them Hmm. and i loved like in certain scenes i remember this one scene where i think peter acts impulsively and he's totally emotional guy and you see that when you read the scriptures right you know like any guy who just slices off some guy's ears like obviously impulsive and (laughs) reactionary and caught up in the moment you know which some of us are some of us get caught up in the moment and we don't always listen to the spirit and we you know might flip off somebody who's driving (laughs) cuts us off in traffic and you can feel hear the voice of condemnation like come in or how can you call yourself a christian how dare you how dare you and it's just like this whole thing where i started to see that i loved how they portrayed jesus as kind of finding peter humorous like he looked at him kind of like that's so cute like (laughs) this look in his eye and i felt it was like speaking right to my heart where he's like jesus is like that's kind of how i feel about you too man you know like i 
I think you're adorable. <laughs> you know, even in your like flailing and your questions and your drama and your being too much and too loud and whatever. Um, I think you're adorable. Mm. And it's going to be okay. We're going to walk through this. You know, I have good things for you that's going to maybe set you free from some of the hurts of your past. It's going to, you know, heal the wounds of your past. I'm, I'm going to transform you by my kindness, mm. by my love, by my grace, not by my condemnation because I don't have any, <laughs> mm. you know, all that negative self-talk, all the beating yourself up is not my voice. It's the voice of the enemy. And, um, and that was really like that revelation or that belief for me was a big one because I think when you're raised in the church, you get kind of a mix of messages. Mm -hmm. You get this like legalistic, depending on which church you go to, you know, you'll hear like the law versus the grace versus the law and grace mix combo or the, you know, heavier on the grace, little dash of law, you know, like it's kind of a little bit like that. And so you can get confused, yeah. right? Which one is it? You know, are you pleased with me? Do I need to work harder, work out my salvation? All these kinds of things that can kind of set you on this like striving. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, knowing that God wanted my good and that he's okay with the process of transforming my life into his image, not into a culture or fitting into a mold, but into his image of how he designed me, Vangel Roberts, to be, hmm. rather than me trying to be Will. Like, I'm never going to be as calm, cool, and collected as you. Like, it's just not going to happen. Cool as a cucumber. Cool as a cucumber. Like, I just won't. But I yeah. can look at you knowing now what I know about God and how much he loves me, I can look at you or anyone else and see how much he loves you mm. and how perfect his design of you is for the plans he has for you and that they're good, mm -hmm. you know, and that um, the gifts that he's given others around me, I can appreciate so much more now that I know how he yeah. feels about me. I love, um, I, as we promised earlier, that we would open a can of worms. Yeah, yeah. I can just imagine uh, listeners sitting and there's probably something that has uh, triggered a, a wound or triggered a hurt. Oh, no. <laughs> we've spilt all sorts of messes over this conversation that talks about, like, you know, women in leadership or yeah. uh, fitting into the church or shame and, and condemnation or um, some of the manipulation, some of these negative experiences that we've had that... I can see a lot of people really relating to. Right. And I love that question that you brought back to, the question that God asked you. What do you know for sure? Mm -hmm. And let's just start there. Because mm -hmm. there, there are a lot of people with, with baggage. There is. Myself included. And yeah. I'm learning how do I not allow that baggage to weigh me down from who God has called me to be. I know. And just coming to that place of stability like, <sighs> yeah. okay, God. I know you're good. Let's start there. Yeah. And these questions, like we're gonna, we're gonna keep asking them. We yeah. might get some of the answers. We might get better answers or more understanding as we mm -hmm. grow. But to really just feel that permission, like, okay, in this process, 
I feel confused. I feel frustrated. I feel upset. I feel mm -hmm. out of place. I feel like an outsider. Yeah. This is where I am with all my questions and to know that God actually accepts us in that place. Yeah. How did that, how did that change your life? Well, hmm. I mean, there's obviously a lot of directions I could go with this question, but um, I remember uh, somebody saying to me once, uh, a good friend, a mentor, and they really challenged me with like this whole idea of like what, what you know in your head versus what you believe in your heart, right? It's like this whole... Um, what you know is the answers you can spit out that you memorize from Sunday school or whatever, right? I mean, we all know a lot, right? And so, so I much. was definitely a know-it-all type and all my, my brother would be laughing listening to this. Yes, she is, you know. I, I tend to um, tend towards that side. And so I remember I was getting this coaching call with this, this leader I really admired and, and she was giving me some things that she for me and what she felt in my life. And I was just listening to her and I was like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. I just kept, you know, how you say that. I know, I see it, you know. <laughs> I know. I know, right? <laughs> it's easy to say, you know, I, because I don't know, it's pride maybe, I don't know. So I was like, I know, I know. And she's like, Vangel, stop. <laughs> she's like, you don't know. If you knew, you would be doing it. It would be who you are. You've heard. Vangel, you've heard, but you don't know. What you know is what you're living right now. Mm. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> it felt totally like, woo, okay, that's a revelation moment. And it really shaped me because I went from like this, this like seeking all the answers why so that I could look smart and get, be able to give answers to people to this whole new experience with God of like, um, okay, God, when I would get a nugget from him, it was like, I want to see this show up in my life. Whether it's, it's in prayer and trusting God, whether it's in my finances, like learning how to experience God as a provider, you know, what does your provision look like in my life? In what ways? Because if I'm not experiencing it right now in my provision, there's something I'm believing or that in my in my life that is not true mm -hmm. isn't and i want to align my life and my heart and my beliefs with what's actually true so it went from like having this relationship with god based on all these like knowledge of these different things to like god i really want to know and believe and experience you so it's not just the knowledge it's the belief and it's the experience and it was like this like door opened in my life and you realize that you can't know everything if that's how if that's the process you take truth through hmm. from knowing to believing to experiencing it's a really slow journey yeah <laughs> right like how long does it take for you to chew on a nugget of truth whether it's you know his love for other people you know i love bob goff because of of the stories he tells around what that love looks like and it's like those stories god wants us to have a story with every truth he gives us. He's like, I didn't give you this truth just to like puff your head up so that you could be super smart and have all these answers. He's like, I hand you these nuggets of truth in your life and these answers to your questions or whatever you're wrestling with so that you can work it out in your day to day and actually experience the benefit of it hmm. in your life. 
Yeah. So I've recognized that I can only move so fast when I'm taking truth through that filter into my life. It's like, if I hear a truth, if I'm in a, in listening to a sermon or a podcast or anything where I feel like God's spirit is on it in my life, I will grab that truth and meditate on it and chew on it and say, God, how do you want this to show up in my heart, in my life? How is this going to impact my relationship with my husband, Wade? How's it going to impact my, the way that I talk to my kids? How am I, you know, how's this going to, whether it's courage, right? Sometimes it's like courage. If God's speaking to your heart, courage in the midst of a pandemic, what is that supposed to look like for me today? Mm-hmm. Right. If you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind, you know, all these things, it's like, what does that look like in the middle of a pandemic? You know, what does that look like when we're facing um, this battle in our business or that, you know, parenting struggle with a teenager or whatever? How, how does your grace um, show up? Mm-hmm. And I think when you, when you talk with God in that way where you're like, I want to become a living testimony of your truth, that something really powerful and profound can happen in your life and in your journey with God, because it doesn't just become all about the questions. It's like when you question or quote, seek and you will find, right? Questioning is about seeking. If you really get to the root of it, seeking to know and understand and to find truth. And so if you embrace that about yourself, if you know that God's okay with the fact that you're a seeker, like he actually loves that you're a seeker. He actually said in the Bible, seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you, right? It's like he loves people that are actively asking mm-hmm. questions, seeking, not just sitting back and like, just tell me what to do, you know, like kind of thing, right? He wants us to engage in this relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay with that. There's maybe people who have that experience uh, growing up where why was not an okay question to ask. Yeah. And usually the response might be because I say so. Yes. And to kind of transplant that that experience unto God and believe that he's that way, you're going to miss out on relationship. Yeah. You're going to miss out on so much because there's not that back and forth, that give and take. And um, there are, uh, there are places in our, our parents' lives. They tried their best. Uh, they might have, have accidentally done something or intentionally done something that hurts us, but to reapproach our relationship to God beyond the pain of what we experience in that that's right it's kind of like turning a fresh page that's what i just like if anyone's listening to this today and this resonates with who you are and your own journey with god i just challenge you to turn a fresh page Mm -hmm. and say god i don't want to define you based on people that i've known whether it was a pastor that let you down or a parent, like you said, or a... A human that lets you... A human being. <laughs> that sounds about right. Because <laughs> they will. I will yeah. tell you that. I mean, I look at my own failings. I've tried so hard to be a good mom, but wow. Yeah. <laughs> they will definitely need counseling, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, and you look at that and you're just like, oh, I tried so hard, but I still... Yeah, so maybe your children can listen to this podcast yes. in 20 years <laughs> exactly. and, and uh, have a bit of grace for your they process. Will, for sure. But uh, thank I'm you so much for just absolutely. being, keeping it real. Keeping yo. it real, yo. And I feel like there's probably so many people that are listening to this that are just like jumping for joy. <laughs> they found an advocate in you. Yeah. They found a, a someone who can give them that sense of permission. But um, I'd love if 
as a way of wrapping up, you could actually just give a, a blessing to those mm-hmm. uh, questioners, to those outsiders, to those misfits, uh, whatever you feel is on God's heart to release over people who have, have kind of checked off some of those boxes. Mm-hmm. I want you to know that God is okay with your questioning. I want you to know that Jesus, um, he is with you wherever you go, even if you're not with him, wherever you find yourself today. I just pray that you would feel the presence of the Lord with you and that he's okay with where you're at and he loves you completely and that he is going to lead you as you look to him. Don't look to the left or to the right or to the flashy stages or to the people or to the pastors that have failed or to the leaders in the Christian church who have sinned or to any of these things to find your source because only Jesus can satisfy. Only he has the truth and we have to look to him more than ever before because he is the way and he is the life and he will show us step by step so trust in him and know that he's patient Hmm. that's so good thank you for sharing with us today it's been an honor to be here will i love that question that god flipped on vangel in the midst of all her questions what do you know for sure I know for myself, I've had so many questions in the course of my life, even right now as we speak, some questions that I've been wrestling with God and and seeking answers. And, and I think that's good. He, it says in, in the Bible, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open to you. But sometimes the answers come at a different time than we expect or God responds differently than we think. And And I love how he just reminded her, what do you know? I've given you some things that you know for sure, that you know, that you know, that you know. And I think that each one of us has that. I know that I do. And just coming back to that, I think, is such a way to just ground ourselves and come back to the basics. And those questions that we have are not bad and God's not shocked by those questions, but they're not meant to be the focus where we forget about what we do know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see kind of like a tether where in the storm, in the frustration, in the questioning, that we have something to hold on to, that we're not just blown away in the process. Because I have, I've known a lot of people, a lot of friends even, who have walked through this journey and in the process left either the church or their faith completely because of that lack of resolution. And and part of us, maybe we could say, well, just don't ask the questions or we, we don't go there. Well, we definitely don't go there. Or we have these cut and paste answers that don't really satisfy. But again, just to be grounded in the truths, what do you know? At the bottom of this, what can you stand on? And we'll go from there. And in that process, there's answers to questions that are revealed there's um, maybe more than that just relationship that's built trust that's built with god and and i've seen that in my own life being a a questioner 
uh, being an outsider, a, a weirdo, that, that God has brought me closer through that. And, and we encourage you as, as our listeners to, to ask that question this week. If you're aware of a frustration in your life, if you're aware of this, like, this is an a, a area of angst or a lack of resolution, to take inventory with God. Okay, what do I know? And answer it. Answer yeah. that question. Think about it. Yeah. And just stop at the question. Thanks so much for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend if you are blessed by this episode. We pray that you are blessed as you go about your week and that God is with you in your questions and the answers that you already know. We'll see you next week.